0: I want to start out, before we go to what we're doing here, uh, I don't know if you've heard, probably some of you have, there's been some bombings in Sri Lanka, and hundreds of people are being killed by these terrorist things. So would you join me, let's just pray for our brothers and sisters. Lord, we ask again, we're thankful we can, we can sit in this little room in Kent and pray for the world. And so, Lord, our hearts are going out in prayer to you for those that we don't know, but we know what has happened. We're asking, Lord, for you, God of all comfort, that your church would be so comforting and helpful, and Lord, there's going to be, there already has been a lot of loss of life. So Lord, we are thankful, we can pray that you are a merciful, gracious God, and we ask for you, Lord, to work through your people down in Sri Lanka, even right now as we're praying, and minister, we pray your love through your gospel, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, it's been a a full weekend, and uh, I, I thought about it before our Friday night, uh, Good good, night, good Friday night service. We had two of them, which, by the way, if you were here, it was fantastic. Uh, and so I was thinking before that, it's like, I think what the Lord, well, I don't think. Let me gather my thoughts here. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> the Lord above everything else behind everything else, around everything else, wants us to know that he loves us. And we hear that all the time. God loves you. God loves Listen. That is central. That's everything. It says God is love. So he loves us. So Friday night, as I was thinking about it, we were looking at God's love for us on the cross. We, we remember the cross until he comes. Yesterday, we had a memorial for Karen Moore. And this Again, this place was packed out. As many of you know, she went to be with the Lord. And uh, it was a very, 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 very difficult um, situation, the whole thing. But I want to say, our church, our family, is amazing. And as we were driving home from it, my wife and I shared it. She said, our church is amazing. Because how we have rallied alongside Jim Moore and his four kids through this whole situation. If you were here yesterday, you, you were seeing... The love of God through the family of God demonstrated. So I want to say thank you to our family. If you're not a part of our family, I want to tell you we have the greatest family uh, this side of heaven, okay? And uh, the love of God demonstrated how we were working together. It was just fabulous. Well, then today, I think now we get to tell God how much we love him, right, because of the resurrection. So I've prepared a few notes, but I'm not going to... I'm going to get you attached to them. Are you okay with that this morning? I want to just share a little bit. We're going to be doing a baptism, which I'm really looking forward to. We baptize, I think, 10 people first service, and so we'll have a few this service. So uh, I want to, first of all, I personally want to welcome you if you're a guest. I want to welcome you if you're checking us out. And I want to welcome you if you're here under duress. <laughs> Listen. The only reason we're together is because God has saved us from our sin and loves us and has told us to get together with your family because it's really important. Family is really important. Would you say amen to that? And I've said this to many people. When it's all said and done, all we have is family. It might be our immediate family. It might be an extended family. But what we have in relationship with one another is what it all gets down to. So may the Lord, whenever I do memorial services, funerals, reminded again of the brevity of life. And sometimes you come face to face with death. Maybe it's actual death or this could mean death. And it brings everything back into focus of what really matters. Let me tell you what really matters. what happens to us when we die. And so how we live matters. But when we die, it matters. What's going to happen when you die? Do you know when you die what's going to happen? See, God's not trying to hide that from us. He's shown us clearly. This is what is going to happen. And he's given us promises in his word. He's given to us this gospel thing. The gospel of Jesus Christ, which means the good news. And the gospel is centered in this whole area of life and death. That's what it's centered on. The wages of sin is what? Death. In other words, what you get for sin is death. That's what happens. The Bible says the soul that sins shall surely die. And you say, well, what's death? Death. Death is simple, simply separation. So, when I'm in, in my relationship with God, Ephesians 2 says, you who were dead in trespasses and sins. means you were separated from God. That's what death is there. Spiritual death is separation from God. God is spirit. We are body, soul, spirit. So, our spirit bears witness with his spirit that we are the children of God. So when we are in sin, we are dead spiritually. So that's why Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say, it'd be a good idea if you were born again. He said, you, he said, actually he said, marvel not, I say to you, you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. We must be changed. And it begins in this life with receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and being born again spiritually. So now I'm back in relationship with God because he on the cross gave his son, Isaiah tells us, laid on him all of my sin and all of your sin, all the sin of the world. And there he paid the price necessary because you and I can't pay that. Well, we could pay it, but it would be separation from God for all eternity. That problem we had needed to be corrected. We couldn't correct it, but God did. So death spiritually is separation from God. Death physically is separation from my body. So I I know you really like how I look, especially today (laughs) with my tie. (laughs) This body ain't the real me. I'm soul and spirit. So when this tent is dissolved, 2 Corinthians 5, I have a building of God not made with hands. This is eternal in the heavens. That's what I have. Not because I... Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you can be also. So he said to Peter, who Peter said to him, John 13... Lord, where are you going? This is to the cross. Jesus said, where I'm going, you cannot come, but you shall follow me afterward. And You remember what Peter said? Lord, why can't I follow you? I'll lay down my life for your sake. I'll die for you. Jesus said, will you die for me? I'm telling you, Peter, that before the rooster crows, you're going to deny you even know me three times. Then it says in another gospel, they all said the same thing. Oh, no way. I'll never. I'll never do that. That's when Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, Peter, you're going to be going through some real testings in a moment when I'm crucified. And you're, you're going to pull out your sword and cut off Malchus' ear. <laughs> and Peter, and Je- when he does that, Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath in the garden there. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? He said, Peter, I'm going to go to the cross. And all your sword swinging is not going to it's not gonna help that at all. You might kill a lot of people, but I've come to save people. And so that, that physical death is my body separated from my, me being separated from my body. And it says in, in Corinthians, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Present with the Lord. So shall I ever be with the Lord? So those two factors come into what we're talking about on Easter, right? When I die physically, and at that moment, I was reading this week this whole thing. This guy tried to figure out how, how heavy is the soul, and so I don't know how he did it because I did I only read it. A little. And so somehow he had here's somebody dying, and he has it on, on a scale. And when they die, how how much does the soul weigh? They found out later it was a bogus thing, but I thought, that's interesting. I don't think it weighs anything. I don't know why I think that, but I think that. It's spirit. So when I die, I'm going to exit my body. And you know, the other interesting thing is there's some kind of correlation between what I look like now and what I look like then, so you're not going to get rid of me totally. There's this correlation. It's like a bulb. You you plant a bulb in the ground. And what comes out is not the bulb, but a beautiful tulip. So when your body's put into the ground, somehow when you are risen up in glory, there's a relationship. You can tell, oh, that's a tulip. That's Kevin. But when that happens, it's appointed unto men, Hebrews, to die once, and then the Judgment. So it's in this life that I'm determining what will happen when I leave my body. Will I be with the Lord? Well, the question is, do you have a relationship with the Lord right now? That's the question. It has to be answered in this life. Because on the cross, Jesus was, gave his life willingly so that our sin could be forgiven completely. But God doesn't force that on anyone. Whoever will, let him come. It's our choice. If we confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts, we are saved. It's a choice I'm making. But it must be made in this life. So do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ today? I'm looking out and I'd say, yes, I know most of you do. It's evident in how you live how you love. But you may be here and you don't have that relationship. Therefore, you're living your life looking for the answers to the questions you have that are only found in a relationship with God. For example, we've all experienced this. You can be in a room like this sitting close, surrounded by people, and be as lonely in your heart as you can ever feel like you're lonely. That's what happens. That's That's the questions in this life. You see, the loneliness that you sense is when the the psalmist said, As the deer pants for the water brook, so my soul thirsts for you, O God. That loneliness is because God has created you to know him. And if you don't know him, it's going to be a lonely life. Or maybe in this fashion, the question, you've been out making a lot of money. You're really successful. You got a great job. You've done great things. And yet there's still something in your mind and in your heart and in your senses that's missing. It's because all the material things, all rock, rock, you know drugs, sex and rock and roll, fame, all those things cannot satisfy, again, what you were created to be satisfied by. And that's having a relationship with God. Here's another one. It's universal, the fear of death. It's universal. What's going to happen in the future? We don't know that. The unknown future. It's all I need. And so we're going. What's what's going to happen when I die? Well, listen. I have good news. It's called the gospel. The good news is that whoever believes in Jesus Christ will be saved. And when we become, when we come to Christ and we're born again by the Spirit of God, and by the way, Jesus likened it to the wind. He said, "You you, you can't see the wind, but you see its effects." That's what, like, what, what it's like being born again. So when someone is born again, you can see there's something going on here. Something's happening, but it's spiritual in nature, so you can't see the actual Holy Spirit, but they're born again spiritually. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. And so when I am born again, all of a sudden these questions have answers. All of a sudden, I realized my life has been changed radically. Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle, 1 Corinthians 15. He's saying, you know, I was one born out of due time. He said, I used to persecute the church of God. I hated Christians. I hated Christianity. I hated Jesus. What happened to Saul of Tarsus? He might have hated Jesus, but Jesus met him on the road to Damascus. I like to say he turned them upside down, right side up, and inside out, or inside out and right side up. He just met Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, it changes everything. Your life is radically changed. Saul of Tarsus became this hateful persecutor of Christianity, Christians, and Jesus into someone who loved Jesus so much, he eventually died died himself martyred for his faith in Christ. Now, that's not something he decided to do. That's something Jesus did for him. And it's the same for us this morning. What happens when you die? You don't have to worry about if what you know to do now is what happens now. Where you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you say to him, I need your forgiveness. You died on the cross for my sins. I want to receive you now as you told me I needed to. I'm going to confess you now as you told me I needed to. And when you take that step in believing the gospel, you will be saved. And you'll be raised as in baptism. So we're going to do baptism. Baptism is just an outward expression, outward testimony of what's really gone on inside. So when we put you under the water, baptism is an outward sign of an inward change of motivation, loyalties, and affections. It is also a visible and public declaration that the newborn Christian will no longer follow the world's ways, his or her whole life of sin, nor the temptations of the devil. It is a symbol of the burial of the old self with its slavery to sin and a resurrection into the newness of life in Christ. So in other words, when we put you under the water, that's symbolic of your old life being buried, all of its sin, all of its ugliness. Now, I like to say, for some of you, you might have to hold you on under a little longer. <laughs> well, let me say this. Peter said, not the washing away the filth of the flesh. In other words, that water in that tank is not going to help you be saved. What it's saying is you already say, you're saying, I realize I needed to be buried in Christ. I need to be a part of his, his death. I'm applying the blood to my life. And my old life is going to be buried. If anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Wow. Cancel the debt. Cancel the past. Cancel the sin. And that's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. God was working all the way up to him, hanging on a cross. Now, we would have never thought of that. This gospel thing, Paul said, that which I received, it's not what he conceived, it's what he received. Because we would never even consider that. And here is God, the eternal God, who loves us so deeply. He has this plan all the way from the beginning of man's sin to send his son into the world, hang him on a cross, and there say, lay all of our iniquity, all we like sheep have gone astray. He laid on him the iniquity of us. How many? All. And that's you and me. It's you and me, everyone in this room. Jesus died for your sin. He rose again for your justification. In other words, if he didn't rise from dead, we have no gospel. But because he rose from the dead, we have this gospel that we are justified by faith, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. We are made right with God because he paid the price. And he said, if you will choose to, to apply that sacrifice to your life, if you will choose to come back into relationship with me, if you will choose my son, he has paid the whole price, the wages in his death, and if you'll receive him, he's also taking care of the problem, and so you can have a relationship with me, which is what I made you for. It's awesome. So here we are, these physical little bodies, what do they call them? Um, carbon units. <laughs> wandering around in this world. Now, if you were an alien looking and you say, wow, they're kind of strange. Well, let me say this to you. We are the ones who can have a personal relationship with God. The only ones on the planet are human beings. And we can know him personally, intimately, walk with him all the days of our life. So I think of resurrection like that. We're living a resurrected life in all the mundane things that we do as Christians. So my question is to you who don't know God yet. Your life may be full of busyness, as, as Garrett was sharing. We're going to do this. And by the way, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm just considering so much of this, this whole thing called rest. I don't know what it means to rest, actually. <laughs> and I also don't remember what I was just going to say. So <laughs> what was I saying? Sabbath busy. Sabbath busy? Okay, well, we'll move on. <laughs> Because this thing here has moved on. (laughs) If you're here today and you're, you're one of our, we're all these carbon units, but if you're walking around without God, you're an empty carbon unit. You have no idea where you're wandering off to. But God's told us. There's this thing called death that I've conquered for you. There's this thing called sin that I've conquered for you. There's this thing called your past. I've conquered it for you. And I've rose from the dead, demonstrating I am who I said I am. I'm not a liar, Jesus. I'm not a lunatic, Jesus. I'm the Lord. Romans tells us he was demonstrated to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. So, would you bow your heads a moment and pray, my brothers and sisters? As we're going to move on to a baptism, I want to just offer the gospel to you who may not know Jesus. Three simple things I'm going to ask you to do, but really it's a matter of your heart. No prayer will save you, no standing up will save you. It's Jesus who saves you. And that's why we're praying, because we know that we have an adversary. We know there's a devil, we know there's a world, we know there's sin that will keep you from coming to Christ. Humbling yourselves, confessing your need for forgiveness, confessing your need for a Savior. And if you will come, God will receive. Whoever will come to me will in no wise cast out. Three things. Just Number one, raise up your hand. I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask you to walk up to the table on the side. Raise up your hand and say, yes, I want to today. I want to say yes to Jesus. Secondly, to stand up, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess to you before my Father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. Now the importance of standing up is not for any reason to draw attention to you, it's to draw attention to Christ because when you stand up, God will wipe away all your fears, all your excuses, all the reasons you haven't made that decision until now. But today can be the time And when you stand up, you're confessing Jesus and you can know he'll back that up with his promise. As you walk up to the table, they're just considering again what you're doing is you're giving your life over to God who loves you, will save you, forgive you, give you His Holy Spirit, and give you a new life. That's what you're doing. It's the, it might be a 20 pace walk, but it's a walk from, from, from this temporal life of death into the eternal life in knowing God. If that's you as we're praying, would you just raise your hand up? That's me today. I want to say yes to Jesus on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, 2019, today is the day of my salvation. And we'll wait just another moment. One more minute, just the most important decision you'll ever make, that's why we just wanna linger just a moment longer. I wanna say yes to Jesus today. Going thank you for praying. So I want to give, give just we're gonna have the baptism. So if you've signed up already, you can just begin now to make your way around the back here over to this door here. If you signed up already, but let me also say this: Jesus takes walk-ups. Okay. So if you're here and you haven't signed up, that's okay. We want you to just come go over here and we'll get we have everything you'll need to be baptized. Now here that I want to put up here and we'll put them up while the baptism is going on. But here are two questions that we ask. As we're baptized, before we baptize. Have you believed in, received, and confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Which you'll say yes to if you have. If not, then we're going to ask you to wait to be baptized. Second question is this. Do you desire to be baptized today as a public testimony of your personal commitment to follow and obey Him to the best of your ability from this day forward and forevermore? You say yes to that, then we'll we'll be sharing this. Then, on the basis of your confession of faith, in obedience to His command, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that's what's going to be taking place in, in the uh, baptism. Before that, the people will be coming out. And I'm going to just I'm going to be there with a the mic. I'm going to ask them to give us their their name, just tell you their name, and to tell you why they want to be baptized. And they're going to make their way into the into the thing. And while they are, I'm going to ask that we be praying for them by name. You'll hear their name, and just take that name and just pray, pray, pray for them. What a great thing to have a bunch of people praying. That's then we'll baptize them, Then I'm going to ask you when they're when they come up out of the water that we're going to give them a little yeah. Okay, we're going to say with our hands yeah. Okay, you, you up for that? Okay. Let me see if I got everything here. Yeah. Okay. Let the baptismals begin. Hi, I'm Kevin Day, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel South. I really hope you enjoyed the message and that God spoke to your heart through it. If you'd like to know more about our church and find other messages to watch, head over to ccskent.org. And I would love to meet you at one of our Sunday services. God bless you.